Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Today, you will hear from Ardith Wuckert, a speech-language pathologist in private practice in New Hampshire, who is currently in the process of diversifying her private practice income streams. If you've ever wanted to create and sell a resource for SLPs, in addition to your private practice offerings, you're going to want to hear what Ardith is up to. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. I hope today finds you well. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode and to meet an SLP who I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the past few years. Her name is Ardith Wuckert. We even got to meet in person at ASHA a few years ago, which was really, really special. I hope that when we're back and out of the pandemic, that I'll get to meet you at ASHA, or maybe if I start offering in-person events or retreats. It's something I'm just thinking about, but it would be pretty cool to connect with fellow private practitioners in person, wouldn't it? Anyway, in addition to her private practice, Ardith is also in the process of developing digital resources for SLPs, which is a great way to help more people and add another revenue stream. So let me introduce you to Ardith. Before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? My name is Ardith Gerchberger. I live in Southern New Hampshire, and the name of my private practice is Speakeasy Speech Therapy. So I'm so excited, listeners, to have Ardith on because we've known each other over the years, you know, through the internet, Facebook, or whatever, but we actually got to meet in real life at the ASHA convention in Boston a few years ago, and that was a really fun moment. Absolutely. It was awesome. Yes. So I approached you with open arms and <laughs> it was like, it's the speech goddess. Oh my goodness. It's so wonderful to meet you. So yes, it was a very cool moment. So, you know, because I haven't met, you know, I, I know so many people from, you know, this online 
world, but it was really fun to meet you in real life. And I can't wait for the listeners to hear a little bit more about your private practice and how things are going. Um, but before we get to that, could you take us back to, you know, earlier in your career, what were sort of the early days as an SLP like for you? Well, for me, I always kind of called myself a late bloomer. Um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I came out of college. And, you know, uh, so I was, you know, working actually at a hotel when I first moved here from Canada. So anyway, um, I eventually found my way to working as a speech assistant because I wanted to try it and I'd heard of speech pathology, but I wasn't quite sure if that's what I wanted to do. I decided it was what I wanted to do and ended up going to graduate school and following through with that. And then since I'd already had a lot of school experience after graduate school, I went to work in rehab so that I could get like a really solid clinical foundation um, of knowledge and work with some adults and see, you know, do a comparison and see if that's, you know, where my heart was. So I really, really enjoyed it. However, at the time I was balancing two young kids and the school started calling me again because my kids were young and I felt like I was working my buns off and wanted a little bit more freedom and flexibility. So I always kind of knew that my speech, my school experience would play a role for me at some point in my life. So so it just seemed like the natural thing for me to do, to go jump back into pediatrics. So I do have an eclectic mix of speech skills and have worked in a variety of environments, but in the back of my mind always has been private practice. And growing up, actually, my parents were always telling me to go into private practice. And I was like, you can't do that as a speech pathologist and it doesn't work. <laughs> and then Jenna came into my life and I was like, thank the Lord. So <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people, you know, my parents too, when I went to grad school, my dad was like, maybe you'll do private practice. And I was like, I don't think so, dad. Like, you know, yeah, yep. sometimes parents really know us better than we know ourselves. Absolutely. So I had always wanted to, but I just did not know where to start like many of us. And I'm sure that you felt the same way. And that was why you were like, well, I just have to figure this out. And now I'm going to tell everybody how to do it. And we're, I'm sure there are many people out there that are just as thankful as I am. So, so yeah, just so appreciative because it's helped to just transform my speech career and, you know, just like you say in the opening of your podcast, um, I'm sure you could recite it. I can't remember exactly what it is, but basically, you know, red tape and productivity levels and all of those things were definitely what were driving me, you know, bananas. And um, I felt like I needed a change and wanted a change. So I had hit a point where I was like, well, I'm either going to literally quit being a speech pathologist, which would be just so sad because I'd worked so hard and, or I needed to figure out something different. So then private practice was what came knocking on my door. So it's a very familiar tale, right? Like I hear mm -hmm. people say this all the time, right? Tried to work in a couple of settings and then, you know, life started happening, right? Either people had kids or they moved or, you know, whatever life's, you know, twists and turns. And all of a sudden, you know, people needed more flexibility, 
but also to try to get away from those things like the productivity requirements and the red tape and whatnot, because that's when you just don't feel like you can do your job that you really like, you know, to the maximum level. And you've got kids at home that you need to have, you know, energy for and everything else. So, so what did that transition period look like for you? Transition from... From like school to private practice and, you know, how did you kind of start your private practice? I can actually remember the moment. Um, I actually left a school that I was working at. I think we were heading into summer and it was like the last day. And I remember just thinking that I was so frustrated and I, (laughs) it's actually really funny to think back because I kind of did it as a, like, I am done with this. I am no longer doing this anymore. So I actually pulled into a supermarket parking lot (laughs) and I called legal zoom. And I was like, how do I create a business? I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't know how to ask a question about how to create a business, but I really need to do this. So that was actually how it started. And so I created a business name. And then I actually sat on that for probably about a year. I had kind of started it and I was like, well, you know, is this really what I want to do? Can I make it happen? Um, you know, second guessing myself, like all of us do, um, imposter syndrome. And yeah. So then I decided probably about a year later that after, you know, kind of fumbling through conversations with people on the playground, like, oh, I, I have a private practice, but I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm saying. So after about a year of that, I had just decided I was going to take it seriously. And then like, I don't know, it, it was just meant to be like, I think two days later, somebody who I had talked to on a playground, who was a friend of my daughter's anyway, had called me up and said, uh, you know, are you still working privately? Do you still do speech therapy? And I was like, yes, I do. But in my brain, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) But you figured it out. But I figured it out. Absolutely. So I just, you know, we were talking earlier about walking through doors. So I had decided that doors would continue to open if that this was the path that I was, you know, going to be on. And I mean, certainly I work at opening those doors, but some of them just naturally were presented to me along the way. And I think, you know, for anyone who's maybe listening and considering private practice to not be afraid to open up the door and know that you're resourceful enough to figure out the answers for sure. So and I think that you also, you know, create some opportunities, right? Like, like you said, you know, you're at the playground and kind of fumbling through and and thinking like, oh, yeah. like I have a private practice, like kind of like it hasn't started yet, but you know, right. kind of I'm getting there. Right. Yeah. But those were like little seeds that you were yes. dropping to, you know, people in your community. Right. And one of yes. them stuck, right. Yes. And every private practice starts with one client. Yes. And you just don't always know who that first client is going to be. And in that case, you know, it seems like it was, you know, probably the person on the playground. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, you know, I think that I proved to myself that summer, I think I worked with that child all summer. It was a kiddo who had, you know, articulation. The parents were amazing and awesome, super nice. One of my first and (laughs) one of my first and one of my last, another, another story, but you know, someone who paid cash for their services. So that was like super exciting at the time. And you know, I think I made like a thousand dollars or something that summer. And I was just like, wow, like I did that 
on my own. You know, there was no principal, there was no rehab director. <laughs> there was just there was just me doing a job well done. So, and then that just led to trying to track down the next person and the next person. So, which I love that story because you're right. It, it's kind of exciting when you start making that first income, right? That is yours, right? And there's no, you know, you're not having to sh- you know, share it with the school system or the hospital isn't taking, you know, uh, billing $300 an hour, but only giving you, you know, 55 of that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it yep. is exhilarating, right? Listeners, yes. you do have to share some money with Uncle Sam, yes. right? You do have to pay your taxes. And, yep. you know, we yep. I teach people how to start legitimate businesses. It's not like under the table babysitting money here, right? These are no, real, real no. businesses. Well, so yeah. And to that point, you know, a few years later, I had finally had, you know, like a tax person, an accountant and all of that. And I remember earning $15,000 that year. And I just thought, wow, we <laughs> like, look at me go. So, you know, um, you know, that's maybe what I made when I was a speech assistant, you know, and I, and I was able to, to do that all on my own. So I was just like, okay, well now we're going to take that, you know, it was once 1000, now it's 15,000. Well, let's turn that into, you know, 30, 60, 100 and, um, and just keep moving in that direction. So I think too, actually, you just, were making me think of, I remember that I was working with someone one time and they had said something to me like, well, if you're going to be a speech assist, if you're sorry, if you were going to be a speech pathologist, you're never going to be rich. You're not going to ever be rich being a speech pathologist. And that has stuck with me forever. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, why are we in this field if we're going to not make an income for ourselves. Right. So anyway, so that just kind of stuck with me. Well, yeah, because you, you can earn that kind of income though, right? Like you, you can be a wealthy SLP if you put things in place to make that happen. Right. If you just, you know, kind of, you know, one of the, the trade-offs with our profession is that it's relatively easy to get jobs and it's relatively easy to get, you know, decent paying jobs, mm-hmm. but the salaries don't increase over time, Agreed. right? Or they like barely increase, right? So in yes. order to earn 10, 15, $20,000 more than your starting salary, you have to stay in that position for like 15, 20 years. Yes. Well, people don't have time for that, right? People no. have expenses, people have, you know, things they want to do with their kids you know, weddings, uh, school loans, debt, all that kind of stuff. So you really can't just wait to earn more money. You have to create opportunities and create more money, which is just what Ardeth did, right? Yes. So um, I, so when COVID hit, I, like everybody had to, you know, sort of pivot. And I'd had a private practice that was growing where it was all in office. And overnight I had my COVID heart attack and wasn't sure what I was going to do about it. And anyway, I decided to flip over to telehealth and take a chance. And I did, and it was successful, thankfully. And so through doing teletherapy, I started learning to think about therapy in a different way than what I had before. And it opened my eyes to other tools that I hadn't used in the past. So I, you know, found myself 
using a lot of like peachy speechy and yak backpack. And then there's another great um, lady. I think her name is Miss Jen. And I just started integrating those little mini videos into my telehealth to help support the articulation therapy that I was doing. And I just saw these great results and I thought, wow, you know, this is awesome. But I also was a business owner who had basically two offices now and, you know, an office in office um, visits. And then I also had telehealth office and I was wearing all the hats as things were growing. So I thought, well, where can I shave off some time? And I found that my non-billable time was spent still working on homework and therapy activities and how to, you know, how to overcome that. So I took it as an opportunity to put together the program that I've been looking for and created a resource that other SLPs could purchase and use with their clients as well. So, which is a digital resource that's easy for students and parents, et cetera, to access and use within, like with everything in place, uh, in one place so that they can access it anywhere. Um, So I created a you know, what I call a video homework series. And what that is, is a program that provides parents with the knowledge to support their child in their practice. It's empowering the parents to play an active role in their speech journey, which I think is so important. And all of the parents who seek me out, they are often saying to me, you know, I went to such and such clinic locally, and um, I just wasn't really feeling the vibe there and it felt too much like a clinic. And I really want someone to work with me to show me how to do these things and how to support my child. So of course we all want to do that, but it's going to take a ton of time that we don't always have. So I created this program for parents just like that. And for SLPs to be able to know that they have some support on hand so that they can easily add a link and share it in an email after a session. So instead of taking your personal time after doing all of the things that we do, scrounging around for good homework lessons, you can just attach a link to an email and they have everything that they need to succeed. Your clients will think that you're awesome and you'll get to enjoy your actual free time. Remember that and um, better success with your clients. So if you want to learn more about the program, head over to easydoesitspeech.com and sign up for our newsletter or browse the programs that we have for purchase. And let's make speech therapy a little bit easier. I love that. You know, I love, you know, obviously I'm a fan of, you know, multiple streams of income and also solving problems for yourself and for others and getting paid for them. Right. So not only do you have your private practice income, but you're going to be adding this additional income stream, which is really going to help parents and also help SLPs. Yes. So, you know, I think that you know, earlier in our previous conversation, we were talking about results and, you know, everyone who's in private practice wants results and they need to have results to stay in business. And this is a way to help support parents and kids make the progress that we want them to make with that missing link of actually wanting to do their homework because it will be fun and interactive So you'll get, you know, a brief lesson on how to make the sound. You will get a brief lesson on a craft that will support that sound. 
um, and you know a lot of other little bells and whistles that are mixed in there. But you will have to go to easydoesitspeech.com to find out. <laughs> well, again, and I also like, Ernest, how you're trying to figure out how to um, increase your income and also your impact, right? Because yes. listeners, what what happened was is Artif figured out like, hey, what are some of the things that you know I don't have the time to really do, but would make a big difference for my clients. And so she's adding this service into her, you know, existing business, which is going to be really, really helpful again for the families that she serves, but also potentially, you know, to the SLPs Absolutely. who also are going to need this service. So how cool. So always, you know, as you're going along in your life you know, and as you're growing your private practice, be looking for holes like that, that you can fill in a unique way, just like this. And again, if it's something that you can get paid for, then that's, that's fantastic, right? That's worth pursuing. Absolutely. Yes. Always looking for the doors to walk through and keeping your eyes open and not being afraid to step outside your comfort zone. Um, because that was, if you had asked me if this was something that I would be doing, I would have said no <laughs> a couple of years ago. But, you know, again, like I said, when I started doing telehealth, it just had opened my eyes to other possibilities and also helped me see how other speech therapists are handling, you know, they're like using their own time saving techniques as well. So thank you, telehealth. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I know there have really been some benefits to telehealth, right? I think that there's, mm -hmm. you know, lots of people who have really liked it. And, you know, some people were already doing it before it was yep. cool or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, or there's other people who are like, this is terrible. I don't like this. This doesn't work for me. Does it work for my people? They can't wait to get back to, you know, in-person services. And there's, there's enough people for both situations, right? Yeah. And so yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever kind of therapist you are and, or, you know, whatever the kind of families that you're serving clients that you're serving, you just want to, you know, do what feels really good to you and what you also, what your, your market, you know, likes. So yeah. but before we wrap up, is there any other, you know, advice or any lessons that you would tell to people who are thinking about private practice, but maybe they haven't quite started yet? Listen to Jenna. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't hate her to say that. <laughs> okay. What uh, other advice? <laughs> I know. Um, let me see. I think that the advice that I would give SLPs is that um, I think you had done a podcast on imposter syndrome and I definitely am that person. And ever since listening to that, it really has helped to, you know, make that imposter go away. So my advice would be to know that you are smarter than you think you are. And as an SLP, we are so resourceful. That is the name of our game and that we, what we do every day. So if you're thinking about starting a private practice, then you absolutely are capable of doing that and just trust your instincts and put one foot in front of the other. And also there's just such a huge community of SLPs that have been so supportive and have helped to answer my questions and sometimes my tears, my virtual tears. So you can do it and, you know, don't let your imposter get in the way. I love that. Can you tell the listeners where to find you one more time? Sure. So uh, my website is uh, www.speakeasyslp.net. And uh, on social media, it's at speakeasyspeechtherapy. 
And if you are interested in learning more about my video series, it is easydoesitspeech.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Artis. Yeah, thank you. It's been super fun. <laughs> so isn't Artis great? I love how she's thinking about finding ways to help more SLPs and get paid for them. One of the best things about private practice is it allows you to increase your income and your impact. Ultimately, you get to decide what you do to bring income into your practice and how to create the income that you're looking to create, whether it's local, national, or even international. The key takeaway is you get to decide. Decide what works for you and go for it. Till then, send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at independent clinician and I would love to hear from you. Tell me about yourself, what level of private practice you're at, and I'll let you know how I can help you. I have programs for beginners and advanced private practitioners alike to help you meet your personal, professional, and financial goals through private practice. I hope that you enjoyed this interview. Let's do it again next week. See you then have been toying with the idea of starting a private practice for some time now. So even being a full-time working mom, it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.